0: You're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy to adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Welcome to Voices of Value, Episode 11. Peter Kakos
1: here with my good friend, Rick Rushton. Welcome, Rick. Thank you, mate. Great to be back with you and great feedback from
2: the last uh, few interviews we've done, more specifically with David Knox, and his content was great, but we want to sort of probably get a little bit more generic now, away from the real estate space and into more universal principles.
1: Absolutely. Rick, I want to talk today about doing. And Henry Ford said, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. So now we're 11 episodes in. We've spoken about a lot of things sure. over the, over that time and, and spoken to some great people. Yep. But today I want to just go through some things that you could be doing because I don't necessarily want to talk about things that are going to cost you money. I want to talk about things that you can actually do for free. And, yep. and we speak a lot about airlines and budget airlines and so forth. And I want to talk a bit about that today if we sure. can. Yep. And But not needing the money to do the certain things that can actually move you forward or create that significant difference in your marketplace, wherever that may be. Mm,
2: and I think, you know, these things are, as you say, not so much monetary in effort, but they are effort required. So we, we do have to give a, a bit of discipline around that to a degree. And I love the concept about, you know, not so much knowing what to do, but actually getting on and doing what you know. You know, We all know what it takes to be successful. Typically, if you're listening to this podcast, you've found some level of success. The question isn't knowing what to do. It's actually doing the disciplines. And it's often reminding ourselves of what we used to do when things were, you know, flying Along and going really, really well. And a lot of the stuff I've been talking about, you know, this last week, I've been in Sydney, the Gold Coast, and in Melbourne, just finished a talk for a, a financial company. And I'm finding myself reminding the audiences of stuff that were old fundamentals we used to do, but we stopped doing them. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting. Why did we stop doing them? Because the market took a turn, took a shift, and we didn't need to do them anymore. We so, didn't need
1: to do them, Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. So it's about getting back to doing the the fundamentals, the basics, and doing them right.
1: Yeah, business has been challenged, and we look for different ways to sort of stand out from the crowd. And I guess there's a lot of when-then thinking sort of comes into it. Oh, when I sell a couple more sure, homes, then yeah. I'm going to do that. <laughs> yep. And When, you know, when I... When i get more clients and i'm able to sort of sort them out a lot more it's that when then sort of thinking when i can earn a lot more bit more money then i'll start to be a bit more uh, savvy with my savings and so forth so i think now is the right time well and truly and and or when would now be a good time (laughs) so looking at little things throughout our businesses and looking internally at ourselves that what can we do that don't cost a lot of money and can have significant effect as, as, as what I said. So, Rick, we were talking about sort of budget airlines and what's, what's sort of fascinated me for a long, long time is I, I get the whole budget airline philosophy, um, but when did it have to stop someone smiling? When did it have to mm. stop someone being of service? Mm. When did that become a budgetary sort of requirement? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, well, I mean, these are just the, the, the typical things that how can you actually – make someone else feel better Mm. you know
2: i love it and you know you're spot on no one puts a gun to anyone's head and says you've got to go do this today I mean if you're doing it you should be bringing some sort of energy some sort of focus to it but I think the most recent experiences I've seen certainly with budget because sometimes you have to take a budget airline because that's the one that's going to fit in with your schedule your travel schedule and but traveling budget doesn't mean that you should not experience something that's positive about the trip and I'm just finding at the moment that you know in this chase for the almighty dollar of cutting costs and of getting sort of profits up that sometimes we lose track of the most fundamental thing which is the customer experience throughout. All that. Yeah, the CX, the CX—that's yeah. what it's called these days. Yeah. So in America, you don't hear anyone talking about customer service; it's all about the customer experience. And I was just using that example in a talk I just did earlier today about you know a time when we travelled as a family. We were in America. We travelled what would be called a budget airline there. So a, a, an airline called JetBlue. They are an amazing airline for cutting the cost of flying, but not not at the cost of the experience. So mm. they're quite amazing. We—I remember arriving at JFK saying we had a flight back to LA, but we're trying to sort of change it for a few reasons. Lady says, well, there's actually uh, two things that we can do to make this happen. options. I can either change that and make it happen uh, because we can find a seat for you and your family or could you fly on the wing? (laughs) And I just said, uh, well, okay. No, we can't do option two. Let's have a crack at option one. She just laughed and she put a bit of energy around it, a bit of a focus. Now, long story short, we got what we needed. We got what we wanted. There was no, sorry, our policy is you have to go online and cancel it there and because you bought it through here, you got to go do that. Like the customer doesn't care what the company's policy is. They say, here I am. Help me, here I am. Serve me, here I am. Give me some good old-fashioned customer experience. That doesn't cost a lot of money. That lady, the more I think about that, I wish I could remember her name because she. I I, I did write a nice letter to JetBlue saying, yeah, we had a great experience, but I couldn't remember her name. But the way she did it was fantastic. The other thing they did, Pete, which was really exciting – I don't know if you're like me. I've flown so many times. I could do the safety routine, I reckon, in my sleep. We all know what happens when an oxygen mask falls from above us, how if we're travelling with someone else to put our own mask on before we help others. And, Good you know, metaphor that, for life, eh? a Great metaphor for life, and that's been used to death. And, you know, they show you how to buckle up a seatbelt just in case you haven't been in a car since the 1960s. Like, <laughs> you clip it in, I uncle- This company, JetBlue, they do it in such a way where, and it has gone a little bit viral on sort of social media with the way that they do it in a real comic way, and it's almost like, yeah, everybody listen up. There might be sixty ways to leave a lover, but there's only six ways to leave this plane. If we're in trouble, (laughs) here's here's where they are, and they go through it in a real engaging, you know. and, And when you're sitting in a safety sort of, oh sorry, the exit row. They'll go through the safety demonstration with them, and they'll say, "Have you travelled here before? Do you know what to do?" And you'll start going through. Yeah, you check outside to make sure there's no smoke before you open up. The- no, no. The first thing is make sure that I'm okay, and I'm the first one out. And then they laugh, they giggle, and they no, really, you're right. You got you. Like they created a bit of an experience. I always remember the safety demonstration from that, the experience around that, and I thought, "Gee, that costs nothing." Yeah. But here I am talking about it to our subscribers, our listeners on this podcast, and and I use it as a training example. And so when you see someone going through – by the way, have you ever seen the eyes of the actual cabin crew as they're doing the safety demonstration? They don't want to be doing it. No. Like, they're just going, oh, no one's looking anyway. I hope this thing crashes and you all have to look at me and then go, oh, now you want to know, do you? Well, no, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you now. Like, you just see yeah. they don't want to do it because they're disengaged with it. They don't make it fun. They don't make it exciting. And, you know, but what, what does it cost to do it? Just a little bit of energy. Nothing more,
1: nothing less. Yeah. And that's that goes across so many things of what we do, isn't it? No one wants to know about your policies. They want to know, you know, they want to know, here's what we do. And here's why we do it. Yeah. So it's what we do and why we do it. And that's and that's the critical sort of information that someone needs to know. But doing it in an engaging way, it gets back to that, you know, for them it's their night on Broadway. For you it's you sound a bit like a broken record. Correct. But it's yeah. it's it's energy in 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 everything we do. And you know, from a real estate sense, you know, things that don't cost money. And today, you know, talking a little bit about upgrades. Is It's knowledge. I just find knowledge of product is really, really poor at the moment. Mm. The amount of questions that have been asked at open homes or from buyers just via email or, or on the phone or whatever it may be. But agents don't have product knowledge, mm. which just fascinates me. It's like well, if you didn't know anything else, well, wouldn't you want to know about the product you're selling? Absolutely. Because if you don't love it, you're not living it and breathing yep. it. And you don't totally understand it, yeah. then how could you possibly expect to sell it? So if I go into, you know, if I go and buy a suit or a shirt or a pair of shoes and so forth, how I'm going to have the best experience is when the salesman just loves the fabric and the stitching and then they're telling me a story about yeah. it. All of a sudden, I'm like, well, why wouldn't I want to wear this? Or, oh, gee, I didn't expect to pay that. But you know what? I, I get it now because, you know, here's what he's selling, but, but here's why yeah. it's worth that little bit more. And that's ultimately what we're really looking for, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you've really just hit the nail right on the head. How, how often do we go into a retail outlet? And the first question that comes out of the disengaged, non-service oriented salesperson, it's like, can I help you? And what what do we say as consumers? No, no, thanks. I'm just looking. Looking. Yet the best ones go, hey, instead of asking that sort of question that they already know the answer to, they'll ask a better one. So, hi, welcome. Have you been in our store before? Good question. It's either yes or no. Uh, No, I haven't. Well, if you give me some sort of an idea of what you're looking for, I'll direct you in the right area, leave you to have a browse through, and then let me know if I can help you further from there. Now, that's a great engagement.
1: That's a great customer experience yeah. right there, isn't it? Is that it? That's a bit like when you go into a restaurant and they go, do you understand how our menu works? Yeah. Or have you been here before? Yeah. Do you understand how our menu works? And yeah. you're like, there must be some really whiz-bang way. How does this menu work? Tell me, tell me. Exactly. And what I do, I tend to go, yeah,
2: I've never eaten here before. If I was to just dine here once in my whole lifetime, what would be the one non-negotiable meal I should have here and why should I have it? And they start describing their favorite one. Yep. This is my personal favorite, but this is because. And, they start describe, and as they start describing it, you see their eyes light up and you see yep. them really just engage with you. And all of a sudden, I wasn't feeling like I was going to eat that, but I'm going to eat that now because that person's almost selling me into it. So product knowledge is so important. You know, Domain did a great study, Peter, that showed that 40% of buyers found that the agents didn't know the vital information about the homes I was selling and that was very, very off-putting to them. And I think that goes across a lot of different industries. I love dealing with professionals who know the product and understand why we should be making a better buying decision. Knowledge is the new price of admission into this new market across retail Australasia, yep. across
1: professional selling Australasia, I think globally, to be brutally candid. Mm. And as I've said once before, Rick, you know, Einstein said, you know, the faintest pencil is more powerful than the greatest memory is... You've got to have your checklist of things like for a property, for example, there's going to be, it could be 15, 20, could be 30 things in a home that a buyer could potentially ask you heating, cooling, stumping, wiring, uh, planning, um, extensions, age of home, where the owner's going for, getting all these sorts of things written down. Because what I'm finding at the moment is because we're busy and we get someone else in suddenly to do an appointment, then they rock up. Yeah. Happened to me the other week, I turned up to a competitor's open for inspection and I said, so how long's the property been on the market? And it's, uh oh look, it's um, it's been a while. It's, uh, oh gee, yeah. it'd, oh it'd be, oh. Uh, I yeah. didn't list it, I'm okay. just helping out today actually. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so this does have heating and cooling. Oh, I would assume so, um, <laughs> right? So we're assuming now, are yeah, we? Wow. But it's interesting because it's like, well, you've got to build it it's like when you when you're building um structure and strategy and workflow you've got to build it so it's repeatable Mm. yeah and scalable so
2: that i can take over from you and and even though i didn't list it i know everything about it because you give me the features and the benefits that are all itemized on a sheet and what i love about that is it's the same standard things in real estate as in other industries as well what are the key features and benefits of this product and more importantly you know i would always say to a vendor What's the one thing that no one could see from a feature sheet? What's the one thing that no one could see from a... Mm. What's the one thing that, well, to give you an idea the slate, we imported it from... Wow, that's something... I'd want to know that. You know, like just the work that's gone into the things you can see and can't see are sometimes that benefit, that detail... The greater the information, the greater the result is what I'm finding.
1: Yeah, I think an easy way to do that is as someone and to demonstrate that knowledge as well as when someone comes to an open home, instead of, uh, hi, <laughs> you know, welcome to the open for inspection, my name's Peter, mind if I grab your name and number and so forth, Look, Rick. What I'd love you to do is, is, is have a look through at your own pace and your yep. own time, open and close whatever you want to do, um, seeing out if there's any questions. But there's a couple of things I just don't want you to miss. Yeah, great. Please don't miss um, the the area off the off the dining area the cupboards there that open up into a into a bar area or or whatever it may be. But point out two to three things yep. before they go in. Because that's selling. And then they're, they're looking for it then, aren't they? They're going, that's right.
2: Well, what he talking about? Oh, that's, oh, we better go and have a look at it now. Like yeah. it almost compels you to sort of, you know, do that. I know we went to, um, you know, we've just come off the back of the spring racing carnival and, uh, you know, we went to Derby Day and we went to Oaks Day and there's a different flower for every day of the actual yep. sort of carnival. And I went shopping <laughs> with Gay and she was getting a new outfit and I had to get sort of black and white on Derby Day. That was pretty easy. Um, but Oaks Day is a different colour. I think it was pink. And, so I was walking into these men's – and, and again, the same old question was coming, you know, which is, um, how can I help you? Uh, no, I'm just looking because I'm a male and I don't want to put my hand up and say I don't actually know what I'm looking for. <laughs> where, where The service I got at this – Andre is the guy's name. I said um, – uh, he welcomed me into his store and he sort of said, have you been here before? I said, no, no, first time here. I'm just actually – Um, just shopping with my wife. And he said, if you just give me a rough idea of what you're looking for, I'll point you in the right direction. I told him what I was doing. He goes, okay, great. Um, The standard stuff's there to your right, but we've got some stuff that's on sale from last season. Same colors, same everything. So if price is important to you, Turn left at the end of this section, That's but great, if you want to be current, so. go right. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> it's brilliant. a bit
2: like if you want to pay over the odds and go, you know, up the front pointy end of the plane, turn left. If you want
1: to have the budget, go right. Either way, it's your choice, and I think it's all choice time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So you've got an opportunity to to look at the touch points, and there's there's a critical touch point, isn't it, in that experience. Mm. But look at the touch points in your business, and how can we make that experience far greater to them. And it might be – and I'm not just talking about general things like a smile and a shake of the hand or anything like that. It's how do we make people feel at ease Mm. and how do we make people warm to us and engage in what we're doing or what we're selling or just – just forget about the worries of the world and just settle into what they're doing, looking at, or or what they're looking at buying. So it doesn't really matter what they're listening to in terms of how how they're
2: hearing it broadcast from us. It's really the manner in which we're doing it, Pete. So the information is one part of it. The way we broadcast it is is another. And the way I sort of coach people around this is I'd say if the favourite celebrity you have on the planet, you know, movie actor, singer, songwriter, doesn't matter, like someone, you're idol, if you knew they were coming into your shop tomorrow... If you knew they were coming into your office tomorrow, yeah. if you knew they will coming to your open home this Saturday, would you wear the same shirt? We talked about this on a previous episode, mm. but would you wear the same shirt? Would you? No, no, I go get a brand new shirt. Why is that? Because I always feel better when I'm wearing a new shirt, new suit, mm. new tie. And as you said, go get five, and then you've got sort of one to wear every new day of the new week, which would be pretty exciting. But how would you approach them? And maybe that's the sort of energy you have got to give to, you know, John Doe and Mrs. Smith, who you've never met before, and give them that same rock star service, give them that same rock star
1: feeling. Yeah, that's brilliant. So be a professional in, in what you're doing. You know, Stephen King had a great quote that said, amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and go to work. <laughs> and, and and speaking of going to work and, and the knowledge and so yep. forth, it's it's very much a big part of what we do is about research. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, like – really just digging as much as we possibly can to find out as much as we possibly can. Mm. The internet's been great for that. Absolutely. Being able to research our clients before we actually arrive uh, at the appointment. Yep. So everything's just sort of at your fingertips. But it's it's not necessarily the things we know, all the things we can access. It's the things we don't know and we need to delve a bit deeper. Mm. Now, Rick, there would have been, well, I hope that you know all our listeners by now have, have picked up your book. The Power of Connection. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a plug time, is it? Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're, uh, nearly Christmas, gang. <laughs> <laughs> but now uh, the reason I bring this up, because you and I have had this discussion a lot about the the research that goes into such yeah. a book. And it's, uh, you know, you're one of my best friends, and that, that goes without saying, and the book is just absolutely phenomenal. It tells a lot about you and the inner you, um, which I particularly love, and a lot of people don't get to see the yeah, sure. the, the, the real Rick. Yeah, um, <laughs> But you, the research that went into that, and I know you uncovered – can you give us some of the stuff you uncovered from the research you did for that book? Because The Power Connection, brilliant book, and connecting is something each and every one of us wants to get better at doing. But any, any particular sort of points – for the listeners that uh, that you found on your research, Hunt? Oh, oh, yeah, look, it was
2: really quite fundamental that um, we're not really um, aware of our communication patterns until someone points it out to us or gives us a model to follow. So we often become a product of the environment where the best communicators typically are the best students of their environment and they start to find the key connection or rapport. It's rapport that opens more doors and they realise that who they are is not necessarily going to give them everything they need when they connect with other people. So... Um, yeah, you know, so the research was sort of pretty in depth, going through a lot of psychology papers, going through a lot of yeah, um, uh, you know, a lot of negative stats on you know, marriage and, and numbers along those lines. And you know, for me, it was always uh, an intuitive gut feel that I thought that I was on the right path. But when you get the research to back it up, and that's really what we're talking about today, making sure you've got so much information that you're helping a consumer make a better decision based on a solid foundation of information, not just the best guesswork of it. That's
1: what being a professional was all about absolutely but you found something some interesting findings um, in china yeah well that's uh, it was just interesting i um just last thursday
2: i had to do a i've never done it before but i went into a studio in uh, channel 10 here in south Yarra, in melbourne and was put into a booth and it was i was wired up where i had an earpiece in my right ear where i could actually communicate with the person hosting the conference in asia in in china in Mm. beijing and it was a conference that was set up for the next generation of business owners who are inheriting family businesses And the whole concept was that someone had read my book and they sort of said, we love this concept about how you can communicate and connect with different people. And specifically, they liked the colours format about, you know, how to pick up the pace, you know, speak with more like a double espresso type attitude when you're speaking to a red type personality, try double decaf when you're speaking to an aqua type personality, they love that concept. But in preparing for the talk, I want to find out more about what this group was and they were some very wealthy people and I was finding some research around China and more specifically the Chinese way of doing business. Really quite interesting to sort of work out, a billion people on the planet, they've got the lowest rate per capita headcount of any of the 7 billion people on the planet, any country in the world, the lowest rate of Alzheimer's and dementia. And the reason being is because that they actually engage with their older generation. In fact, if you have to make a big decision in a Chinese family, what you're doing is you go to the oldest wisest person there, whether that be grandfather or grandmother, and you ask them, I'm thinking of expanding the business. Is this a good time, do you think, based on your 80 years on the planet, is this a good time to be really? doing it? So they actually engage with their elderly what the wisest person on any big decision. Should I marry this girl? Should I expand the workforce? Should I sell the business now? Should I buy shares in this company? Should I get more westernized? Should I keep more of our oriental sort of beliefs? What? You know, these are questions that are discussed within that wise council. What do we do in a Western society with most of our elderly people? We try and get them to a retirement village as quick as we can. We go see them and engage with them three times a year typically, Mother's Day, Father's Day, their birthday, or Mother's Day, Father's Day, their birthday, and Christmas. If we're really nice, we might go there Easter as well. Um, So because they know they're going to be required to give counsel, they stay sharp. Because at some stage, my grandson or granddaughter might ask me. they're ready to go. So Mm. they stay up to date, informed, very much looking at what the future holds, but understanding that there's nothing in the future that's coming that they haven't confronted in their past, whether that be the last year or two or the last decade or two, because there are no new fundamentals. The fundamentals are the same. And I'll talk about opportunity and I'll talk about difficulty. That's the two big words in the Asian culture. Opportunity is available in most difficult times. And of the difficult times, the people that can see the opportunity get out of the difficulty very quickly. And then when things are going opportunistically well, be prepared for the fact that that's not going to last. So difficulty is going to come around the corner. So they see the next year or two or the next decade or two as a great opportunity mixed with some difficulty and you have got to have to work your way through that. And as a family wise counselling their next generation, that's how they ensure that a family that's passing the business mantle on to the next generation can pass it over, Pete, knowing quite confidently that this person is going to do well because – they're not leaving it to the youngest in their family, it's the whole family passing the baton on to the young person who's the face, the image, the brand of the company going forward, but it's backed up by the resources of all that wisdom. It must be so comforting for them to to know they've, they can call
1: on that counsel.
2: Oh, yeah. And they, you know, so one of the funny things was I was getting paid to do the talk, interacting with them. And it was really quite funny because it was, a, you know, obviously a bit of a delay in, you know, saying something and getting a response. But, you know, the, the one thing that they found was absolutely classical to them was – why would you get rid of this resource why would you throw this resource into a retirement village why wouldn't you engage with this resource mm. and i'm thinking about some of the the great chats i've had with you know wise councils in my life and they are people that have been there done that bought the t-shirt sure they might have done it in an analog age but you know the same digital challenges That's we the face fundamentals today, the principles exactly remain
1: exactly the exactly same exactly right yeah so hopefully from today we've given you some great insights but i, I love the opportunity and the difficulty because for a lot of us we look at it as as a as a difficult time at the moment and it's a challenging time without a doubt i think you know whichever industry you're in at the moment there's 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 some subtle shifts uh being mm. made well and truly but if we look at them as opportune times and an opportunity to to better ourselves so don't wish it were better wish we were better and really act on these little things that as i said before about the upgrades that that don't necessarily need to cost you a fortune but the upgrades Internally, that you can do within your lives, uh, and the little subtle shifts that you can make to make a big difference. Uh, to influence others. Yeah, I think it's just the few little things
2: you could bring into your business that will make the biggest difference, not economically, but just the fact that you can actually bring in something that's going to have some real tangible value to the consumer. So, information we think is one of those things. We think energy is one of those things. We think having extreme product knowledge is one of those things. But, you know, if you have all the answers, good on you. But if you don't, um, you don't have to be a successful hermit. You can sort of engage with other members of your family and find the oldest person in your tribe and sort of uh, you know you talk to them about how did you handle the depression if they're
1: still alive. How did you handle war? How did you handle these issues? Even that older person in your office. is saying, Gee, They're a bit long in the tooth. I yes. think it's time that they got out. But um, but don't lose an opportunity to sit down and, and get some wise counsel. Absolutely. Be, um, what a great exchange that would be, hey twenty minutes over a coffee
2: to learn the last of the last twenty years of tough times with that person has gone through. I would have thought that's a great one. So funny that the,
1: the twenty years twenty somethings in the offices grabbing the other twenty something to go down and have a coffee and talk about what's What's wrong with the world or what's wrong with the office or anything like that as opposed would they be, to
2: that they'd be talking though or would they be on their screens <laughs> <laughs> let's go grab texting. a coffee and then let's look at the social media post. you're right but like attracts like and more attracts more but what is it more of the same stuff that we're already in so yeah and see. also misery loves company so yes. we want to get
1: away from that <laughs> exactly. and uh and absolutely go down a positive track which i hope we've been able to do for you today listeners and uh it's an absolute pleasure to be coming to you uh, along with rick and sharing with you a little bit about what we're seeing and hearing out there as well. So as always, please drop us a line and thanks so much
0: for tuning in and we'll see you next week on Voices of Value. We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be if you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com, and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.